Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome into the DNVR Avalanche Podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Use code DNVR when you sign up for a new account to get amazing odds boosts every single day. Megan, Jesse, and Rudo coming to you live today on Monday. Uh, I'm going to be honest with you. This weekend was summer long in Canada, which means every Canadian by law has to be up at their cottage or lake house. So... <laughs> Nothing got done this weekend, basically, as far as the NHL market is concerned. Yo, I thought uh, you were being serious for a second. I was like, whoa, what's that? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely not by law. You don't have to do that. But it does feel like almost every Canadian is is out of the house and, and up vacationing this weekend. So it's just the reality of it. It's like the, I mean, obviously this year's a little different, but I mean, you're usually like a month removed. And yeah, this is like, my Twitter feed is sad right now. <laughs> it's empty. It's really sad. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of Rockies talk like on my Twitter. Times. Yeah. Oh, oh. like three times. It's like, oh, I've seen all of this. Yep. Seen all this stuff. Just not a ton going on there. Obviously, there's some rumor news, which at this point, they might not even be rumors. They're all but confirmed. Uh, and, and some other news to get into on the free agent front. The, the very first thing, the one thing that did get done on Friday that we didn't really have the chance to talk about, John Klingberg signs a one-year deal for $7 million with the Anaheim Ducks. He is the big defenseman that comes off the free agency board finally. Um, first of all, thoughts on the deal itself for Anaheim, and secondly, where it leaves the rest of the defensive market. Um, yeah, I'll go first. Uh, no, I mean, I, I really like this for Anaheim and this, we're going to get into Kadri and, and the ship may have sailed on this, but I do stand by that. They are my dark horse Nazem Kadri team. Uh, and this I thought was an interesting move because it's a, it's a big, you know, injection of skill, uh, regardless of what you think of Klingberg, like this is a nice boost for the Anaheim, uh, blue line. And again, to me, it's kind of another, it gets them right at about the floor they may still have to spend a couple nickels and dimes to technically they're there they're there yeah okay yeah so i mean you know it gets them there but they still have the money to spend so you know you could maybe still see them making another move or two i think this is a nice injection um and then for klingberg klingberg himself um this was an interesting one because i think he was kind of like kadri where throughout the season um, you know, heading into the off season, they were probably looking at it at him and his agent were probably looking at it as here we go. You know, we get to be UFA puck moving defenseman can put up points. Uh, and I just don't think the market materialized for him the way that kind of he thought 
gets one year of a nice payday and, and gets to bet on himself a bit. I definitely think it bolsters Anaheim's decor. And I think they saw what happened when Manson left and experimented offensively and wanted to infuse a little offense into their defensive system too. And Klingberg, even though you know he's a more expensive defensive option that was out there is worth the price tag. And it leaves the remaining defensive options for other teams pretty sparse. I think it's just like PK Subban that's really out there remaining. Yeah, there's not a ton defensively after that. You could bring back old man Keith Yandel, uh, even older man Chara, but he's retiring, I'm pretty sure. Uh, not a ton of choices out there, for sure, beyond Subban left. Megan, you make an interesting point about Manson that I hadn't really thought about. So, you know, they move on from Manson. To your point, they go see him have some offensive success in a system that obviously prioritizes that a little bit more. And Manson even talked to, uh, to us about that throughout the year. Uh, you know, when he first got here, like, yep, this is pretty different than what they ask in Anaheim. Um, but we saw it kind of pay off for him. So I do wonder if if Anaheim kind of stepped back this and said, look, Ryan Getzloff is retiring. We're officially kind of turning the page on this era of Ducks hockey. Uh, you know, Troy Terry, Trevor Zegras, um, you know, Jamie Drysdale. Uh, what's the kid's name? Um, the Mac uh, McTavish, Mason McTavish. Uh, you know, like, hey, do we do we look at what the abs are doing and do we try to maybe go down this skill road? And can John Klingberg, you know, are you not going to ask him to be Kale McCarr, but can he be a nice little bridge till we can really turn this over? Yeah, I, I think that's the perfect way to put it. Is I think the Ducks really, really hedged their bets with this deal. Klingberg at 29, they probably could have signed to a four or five year deal and really not felt that bad about it. Um, but instead, they went with a one year deal who helps bridge the gap to someone like uh, Jamie Drysdale, you know, maybe taking that next step and really becoming a top pairing defenseman for them. They have depth guys like Mintukov they just drafted this year and some other defensemen like Vakanainen that they're expecting to take some steps forward as well. Yeah. And it does put them in a little bit of a weird spot because I do think the infusion of Klingberg could probably push them into playoff contention in a really, really weak Pacific division. Yeah. But that one year deal also sets it up for. Maybe they go get a bunch of assets at the deadline. Yeah. It's just, you know, we've, we've used this term a bunch throughout this free agency, which <laughs> it's rare to use this term in free agency, but just good business. Like, you know, again, I, I just think this is a nice little bit of business by the Ducks. This is a, a probably not a guy that was like super on their radar going into free agency, but he sat around, he sat around. They had some money to play with. And, and again, like the one-year deal to your point there, Rudo, like, it gives you a little bit of flexibility. Maybe the season gets going and, and in a weaker Pacific division, they can be competitive. Maybe the fit works for Klingberg and he wants to stay beyond this year. But if not, that's a really easy flip at the deadline for some more assets for a team that if you're at that point, you're obviously still in that rebuild. But it's that right there, what you just said, Rudy, is another reason why I still think this is a dark horse team for Kadri. They easily have the most money out there uh, to spend. They've got some pieces that you can pitch on, um, you know, and suddenly if, if, if they were to do something like that, just total hypothetical, you now are looking at this Ducks team, Kadri, Klingberg, Zegras, Troy Terry, John Gibson and net, you know, all these young guys we just mentioned coming. It's like, that's, that's a pretty good, 
that's a pretty good little little core to 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 build around and go from there. And in specific division, that's such a wild card for the next few years. Why not? The the one issue with Kadri I do see there is I wonder about the term because look, they do have Z Gross, who's gonna be their one C ultimately. Yep. They have Mason McTavish who plays center, which in the immediate makes sense. Put him as your three C. Kadri fills in that two C role. But long term, how long are you waiting till you're looking at a McTavish in that second line center role? And then they have other options. Strom really plays more wing these days, but can play center. They're kind of stuck to an older guy in Adam Henrique for a couple more years too. So from a money standpoint, makes perfect sense to me. From mm-hmm. organizing the team and its lines, I'm less convinced. Yeah. 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 It all depends on what you actually see as your when you're when when you want to be coming into your window for the ducks. But um again, part of the reason I keep on that is just because this has gone so much longer with Kadri than I think we thought. I do just think that you open yourself up to Teams coming into the last minute with a big offer, which bringing this full circle is what I think happened with Klingberg. Hey, yeah. here's more money than anyone else is offering you. And in Klingberg's case, he's only 29. Taking a one-year deal takes him to 30 as opposed to Kadri, who would be 32 after a one-year deal or maybe even 33, I forget. Um, yeah. Klingberg can get a four or five-year big contract if he plays well this year standard you know bet on yourself type deal Kadri feels like he's starting to drift into that area where if he takes another year people are going to start to see him as ah he's too old to really give him that big deal right so yeah yeah no I mean it's well and, and and like you're already in that range a little bit right I think that's another part of the reason why regardless of what's going on with the Islanders and and we're going to get into that um Part of the reason why Nazem Kadri is still hanging out here, look, I, I, regardless of what anyone says, I know this, this has been a really tight-lipped, uh, you know, process with Kadri. Um, but I, I do just kind of get the sense that him and his agent were expecting teams to either come at him with the term or with the big dollar uh, amount in a shorter term. And I just don't really think either of those materialized because I think teams looked at it and said, the 32-year-old center had a phenomenal year, had an outstanding playoffs. But at the end of the day, this is a 32-year-old center who just had his best year ever playing in, in a system that really worked for him on a really deep team. And I think teams just said, we're not going to go seven years on a 32-year-old. We're not going to go six years on a 32-year-old. Um, and, and as painful as that is, as someone who's, weeks away from being 30 like you know uh that's the harsh reality i think kadri got out there and it's a lot of three four maybe maybe someone floated a five-year deal at him but i I think you're right ruta like just like how comfortable are you giving a 32 year old player coming off their best season ever any type of term beyond this year next couple years and I wonder how many doors he closed himself if we are to believe that he wanted to go to a contender in the beginning of this process, if he expected there to be more options at the end of the day and shut down some opportunities with the hope of going to a contender. And now a lot of teams have, they've filled their 2C position at this stage in free agency. And so there's a lot of fewer options on the table. Yeah. 
No, it's it's a good point. And I guess, I, I don't know, Rudolph, I'll, do we want to get into Kadri? Do we want to circle back? Because I, uh, I think that's a great point. Whichever way you want to go with it, we can we can move on if you want. I'll, or... I'll just follow your your flow, whatever you had going. So well, I did really quickly here want to hit the concept goes just beyond Kadri. We talked about it with Klingberg. I think we talked about it with a handful of other guys. And this feels like the real settling in of the lack of confidence in the salary cap in the NHL right now. If the NHL teams were confident, hey, look, in three years, the salary cap's going to be up $10 million. Sure, give that guy a couple extra years. The cap will take care of it. We'll deal with it. But we've seen the cap barely move over the last handful of years. And while expectations are positive, there's absolutely no guarantee of that cap continuing to move up and help sustain especially some of those bigger deals. So I do think GMs are in a very, very wary place right now, as this has been one of the slowest free agencies ever. Yeah, And it, it would not surprise me if this ends up, we look back in a couple of years and go, wow, this was weird. This is not the norm. If the cap starts going up again, we're going to see free agency pop off as soon as next year. Well, Ruto, like, look, just look at this summer. Going into this season, everyone was saying, wow, you know, the money's being repaid a lot quicker than we thought. Actually looks like we're going to get a, a, a decent bump to the cap going into next year, which would now be this upcoming season. And then all that stuff happens in January and February with the COVID shutdowns and the pause, and we have to take a break from the league, you know, right around Christmas, and everything stops. And so even though things were going in a positive direction – literally over the course of a week everything changed and now to your point they're in this situation so i think it's a great observation that you know maybe we've like hockey media hockey twitter maybe we've kind of brushed away a little bit because we're just assuming the cap's going to go up in a couple years but i think you're right like i think there's gms and teams looking at this like well hold on hold on we thought that this year too and don't put yourself in a bad situation till we have it in writing that we're going to get some some cap help it's it's almost the inverse of vegas right because everyone saw vegas say you know what we've decided the cap doesn't isn't real we're just yeah. gonna ignore it and then you end up playing games with 16 skaters yeah and all the other gms are like whoa we don't want to do that yeah well and and florida's in that position unless they do something right now like florida is in that position where they may be looking at those first couple of weeks only being able to carry 20 guys. So if anything starts going wrong, like you're in trouble. Megan, were you going to say something? Oh yeah, no, I think this is all corroborated by this free agency too. It just seems like it was a conservative free agency in, ter- in terms of contracts and terms that were offered to players and players that remained on the table this long in the free agency. And I feel like teams are looking ahead at the deadline in the 2023 draft as kind of the opportunity to really add pieces. And I don't want to say that they treated this free agency as a wash, but I think they didn't want to hedge too many bets here when there's some other things coming up in the future that they could take bigger chances on. I think the draft is a great point. Right now, a lot of teams are treating their first round picks in this year's draft like gold with Bedard, Mishkov, and Fantilli no one wants to give away a first round pick, especially a team that isn't confident in its, its playoff abilities. Those first round picks are just the sky is the limit for the price of those things. Basically. 
Uh, well, then we, we talked so much about, you know, the NHL is a copycat league and, and, you know, we, everyone made the jokes at the start of the summer, right after the cup final, how is everyone going to find them a car, all that stuff. But for real, like I, I do think there are some front offices stepping back and saying, okay, look, let's, let's take a look at the apps. What? Five, six years ago now, five years ago, they are dead last in the NHL. And they fixed it by, you know, their draft picks to their development. And then once they had their core in place, that was where they started tweaking around the edges. And I do wonder, and maybe I'm looking way too much into this. Like, I do wonder a little bit, our team stepping back and saying, look, in the Western conference, we're, if, if you're not Vegas and even them, I, you know, there's a lot weird going on around them, but if you're not Vegas, there's no team that's in the West that's looking and saying, we're knocking on Colorado's door. If you go out East, there was such a big gap. There was a 20 plus point gap between the last playoff team and the next closest non-playoff team. Obviously, maybe out East with the exception of Ottawa, who went out and made several big swings this year. I just wonder if teams were stepping back and looking and saying, look, it's obvious the last two teams now that have won the Stanley Cup the last three years this is not done through big contracts and free agency. You are not going to go find your core on a free agent deal. As much as we like Nazem Kadri, as great as Nazem Kadri was here for the Avs, you know, are, are, is Nazem Kadri really is a big deal? Nazem Kadri enough to take pick a team, right? The Calgary Flames, uh, whoever over the top, is that enough to make up that gap? And I just think you had a lot of teams, and not just Nazem Kadri. But then you had a lot of teams step back and say, we're not going to do these big deals and handicap ourselves when we just saw a team turn it around fully from worst season in modern NHL history to Stanley Cup champions in five to six years by making smart deals and giving good contracts. We're not, we're not going to kill ourselves. And it's just, it's interesting because you wonder, is the league finally catching up with all the scouting, all the analytics, all the numbers everything that we look at that says this isn't a good deal, our team's starting to catch up to that and say, yeah, we're just, we're not going to put ourselves in a bad position. I think teams have started to realize that the off season is for filling the obvious holes in your lineup, the Kadri situation. The Avs for years have had a problem with 2C, so they went out and targeted Kadri specifically to fill that option. You make smart, intelligent decisions you have to understand where your team is at and what it needs in the offseason and then the trade deadline is where you can push all your chips to the middle and get a little bit crazy with things right but you can't full send it in the offseason and expect to come out on top anymore right yeah it's just that's that's not where you build your team and like you know this comment that just came in here last like that's a lot of teams like a lot of teams near the bottom uh, you know, of the standings every year, they have a handful of high end, high skill players. Like, I mean, seriously, just go around the league. Maybe, maybe with the exception of the Coyotes last year, um, you know, teams like Ottawa, teams like Seattle, uh, you know, teams like Detroit, even they've got high end players to build around. And to your point, Rudo, Teams are starting to learn free agency is how do we complement these guys, not how do we go find someone to build around. Um, and and again, I keep mentioning Anaheim. I've mentioned Anaheim for several months for Calgary or for Kadri. 
it's because they already have the high-end pieces in place. To me, Kadri eventually, in, in my head, kind of becomes like the complementary part. Um, but it's just, it's made for a really interesting dynamic this summer. It's just those guys you build around just don't hit free agency. It's why everyone was so shocked by the Johnny Gaudreau situation, right? Because those guys just don't hit free agency. Great point. Yeah. And and even like even Taylor Hall a couple of years ago, right? Like by the time he eventually got to free agency the first the first time, um, the shine had kind of worn off, and it and it did kind of go from a here's a true number one winger that you can add to wow here's a bona fide top six guy that that's really you know got some good skill and can contribute, and then he made that really weird decision to go to Buffalo for like eight months. Um, but, but like, yeah, to, to your point, it's just, it's rare that a guy like Johnny Gaudreau actually gets to the market, free agent market, and then actually, you know, makes, cause even like Panarin, when he got there a few years ago, everyone knew he's going to free agency to go to the Rangers. The Rangers didn't trade for him because they knew they were getting him for free. Gaudreau was like a, a rare, you know, didn't well, know what he was doing and, and that's right, just to back up more examples of that conversation. Landis Cog, not even probably that super duper high caliber of player. Everyone knew Landy and the Avs were sticking it together, even if it did, you know, technically roll up into free agency. Yeah. And, and same thing going back for, for years and years. Stamkos staying with Tampa Bay. Uh, Yep. A number of yep. other situations, situations where players go elsewhere. The John Tavares situation, where he he was always going to Toronto in that free agency. So yeah. it's just <laughs> those things are so, so sad. Yeah, right, right. Because he made it seem like, oh, uh, there's a chance I'm coming back, and it's like, nah, homie, you're not. Like we all know you're not. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, on that note, we are brought to you by Breckenridge Brewery. You know, maybe Isles fans can find some solace if this cadre thing does come to fruition that we're about to talk about. Uh, so go get yourself a Breck Brew and either pour one out for losing a player or drink one for celebrating a new player your team might be getting. Uh, either way, breckbrew.com, they have a bunch of amazing merch. So hopefully this month the bar should be done. I don't want to I don't want to say anything concrete because you never know. Ali says yes, yes. In, in August, we should have it open. All right, so, there's a personal guarantee from Allie Monroy. 100%. So. <laughs> it might be August, late August, but we definitely will be open before football season for the Broncos. That's so fun. there you go. You she goes go back to guarantee up 100%, folks. Yep. Zero chance that it's not done. <laughs> Guaranteed. Says uh, Allie Monroe. <laughs> Knock on wood. I'm nervous now. <laughs> Allie, you're here. Are, are we showing off this present or is this? Yes. This little guy for the set. Oh, Ooh. I love that so, so much. Oh, so my we can put God. it on our set. Dude. And then you do have, I don't know. We don't really need these guys. We just need the cup, but are they just technically the cup it's guys. Philip Richard. The yep. cup I'm guys. assuming he's the yeah. blonde one. Yeah. But isn't this cool for, our, we can put it in front of the set or in the background on one of the bookshelves. Oh, so thank you, PHNX. We appreciate you guys. That was really sweet of them. CHGO <laughs> sent us uh, what's it called? Malort. A bunch of malort. malort. Yep. 
I always want to say Merlot. Um, <laughs> I'd rather drink Merlot. Right. Oh, for sure. <laughs> send us some Malort, and then PHNX sent us a little gift. So look at us getting mm. gifts as the Stanley Cup champions. Oh, cute. Covering the champs <laughs> is nice. Living the cushy yeah. life now. And now they got to win it every year. I want more free there you stuff. go. It's just facts at this point. Uh, we're also <laughs> brought to you by Athletic Greens. You can go get it today at athleticgreens.com slash avalanche to let them know we sent you over there. Just one scoop in your cup of water every morning. Uh, just, uh, look at the difference between me and Jesse. I've been sick for like three weeks and not taking my athletic greens. And Jesse was sick for like three days cause he was taking his athletic greens. So it shows the difference right there. <laughs> hey, I wasn't uh, going to be the one to say it. <laughs> it has 75 different vitamins and minerals in it, a bunch of probiotics, a bunch of other stuff that is science-y and, and beyond my knowledge. I'm not going to pretend to know how it works, but I do know that a ton of athletes take it. They use it part of their daily routine to boost their immune system and to get them going for their workouts and stuff like that. So it's great for your health. You can take control of your health today. Jump on it and order some Athletic Greens. Again, athleticgreens.com slash avalanche to order, and it comes with a one-year supply of vitamin D. So jump on it, get it today. It also comes with a little red carpet. Oh my gosh. So that is so And cute. someone in the comments said that it uh, you definitely have to have the keepers of the cup displayed yeah. as well. So okay, we'll we'll do it all, sure. I promise. At least I'll the post a picture. One. At least the blonde one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I feel like we need to have random abs bobbleheads drinking out of it on the show dropping it that's oh, there we go <laughs> yes how dentable is that tiny little cup <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i don't know i don't know seems pretty solid seems pretty solid uh second period of the dnvr avalanche podcast presented by DraftKings sportsbook let's get into it obviously the big topic of the day is nazim kadri now to be clear Nothing is official. Nothing is signed. This is, it, it sounds a little bit more concrete than any of the other rumors we've heard up to this point, though. So there is probably something to this. Um, it sounds like Nazem Kadri has at least a verbal deal in place with the New York Islanders, but not signing it at very least until they move some money out. Yeah, so. The, what, what what I've heard, because uh, again, like the, I I have kind of just like kind of stopped checking in with my people on this because nothing to say. Why? Yeah. Uh, but last Friday they did put out a thirty-two thoughts and Elliot Friedman on there started talking about this a little bit. Um, so I I reached out to just one of one of my one of my people and basically what I was told is. Yeah, it, it sounds like Kadri and the Islanders have something that the, the 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 best way I can word it based on what I was told is like that Kadri likes that both sides like the deal. They're 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 both happy with it. They're both fine. Uh, nothing has been okay. Yes, we're doing this. Um, and then in terms of the abs, like what I was told was they're fully like they understand the situation and they are kind of maintaining what they have the whole time. Like we're keeping a pulse on it. And if he wants to circle back to us, we're still interested. 
Um, I, I, it, it sounds like the abs are just kind of playing this ultra slow. If once he signs somewhere else, we'll move on to our next option. If not, we'll keep kind of w- one foot in one foot out, but this is the exact stuff that the three of us were complaining about with Lou Lamorello a couple weeks ago. And AJ was defending. It's this stupid, silly bullshit that he does where it's like, it's, it's seriously what, what the, the rumor that is out there is that Nazem Kadri is a handshake agreement in place the contracts kind of like in the desk drawer and they're going to wait till September mid-September to sign it and it's like oh my god like it's just it's just so annoying like this is it's just so dumb on the flip side if the deal was that done i think we would have seen other teams move on already mhm so i don't think it's like signed sealed delivered but it certainly seems like Kadri's leaning that way. I do yeah. feel like throughout this process, I think this is true of the industry in general, but I feel like there was an even greater mutual respect between the Avs and Kadri's camp and an open line of communication that if this was looking to be really possible, this is going to happen. I feel like Kadri would let the Avalanche know to move on at this point out of respect because I think that's why the apps have held out from making any moves through this point is this respect and communication between both parties. That's my hope too. Like it's not always the business that that's going to happen, but I just feel like he had a good experience here and out of respect to the abs would keep them in the loop too. So I feel like we'll see the abs make a move too. If this is going to pan out as suddenly as it seems. Yeah. I do want to get into, uh, what the abs could or might end up doing in a little bit, but did want to focus on Kadri a little bit more first. Jesse, you kind of started talking about it. Realistically, what does a Kadri deal look like? Four years? That's that's my guess. Um, let me pull up just so I can make sure my numbers are all square. Sure. Um, I, I, I honestly, I would be surprised if it was anything more than four years. Cause I mean, you, you're talking about a four year deal. You're talking about taking him all the way through his age 36 season. Yep. And, and I, I just, I just don't know if, if any teams are going to be wanting to deal with, especially depending on where the cap hit comes in. Are, are you going to want to be putting yourself in that situation where you could be worried about a fifth year, 37 years old? I, if it goes beyond five years, I officially know nothing about anything anymore. Like, like if, if you're talking about a six or seven year deal uh, for, for Nazem Kadri, I'm, I would be pretty floored to me. It comes in around four, uh, four years. And I mean, I think you're talking anywhere from six and a half to seven to five on the open market. You know, I just, I look at what Val Nachushkin got and there's no doubt that him and his agent are going to be pointing that and saying, that's they thought he was, right. They thought he was this valuable, the cup winning team. I was a second line center, you know, with this, that, and the other, how valuable was I to that team? So it's definitely more than six, two, five. So really, you know, I'll, and I'll just kind of split the difference on it. So I'll say four years, six, seven, five. 
Sure. I, I think that's seven number, seven million number feels roughly correct. Yeah. Megan froze. Well, okay, I couldn't, I couldn't tell if you were like yeah. waiting to say something or if you were just fully frozen. I was, I was processing a little bit more too because my <laughs> head is spurting at seven and it's just because of where he's at in the process and what I think he expected to get. I think it'll be hard for him to go to the Islanders, especially if he really did want to go to a contender and not start at something like a four by seven. Um, but it's, it's just New York's just in such an unusual spot. Like, I think they can make that happen in the shorter term. But to, to guarantee long term, we talked about teams not supposed to use free agency to build the team, but to complement and what's already there. And this feels like a team that's having a little bit of an identity crisis. And they're yeah. going to have some UFAs next year that is going to change this situation entirely. So... I'm just not sure what they'll be able to offer him long-term. That's why I like Jesse's idea that it starts somewhere around four years, because I don't know if they can go much longer than that. Just looking at their lineup, obviously Barzell's their 1C. He's an RFA next year. He'll he'll be there. They'll pay him whatever to stay. They have Brock Nelson for the next three years at $6 million. They have JGP for uh, four the next four years at $5 million. Uh, you go down the lineup, Casey Sezekis forever at two and a half million dollars. So they have a bunch of centers signed relatively long term. Now, maybe they're looking at moving out someone like a JGP to, to bring in Kadri and do a direct replacement style of thing there. But again, it's another team where the lineup does feel a little tight to bring in another center. So I'm not going to lie. Like I'm, I, I'm just sitting here looking at this roster. This is a weird. This is a weird. If if the Islanders end up being who it is, it's a weird pick for Kadri, in my opinion. To 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 go through all of this, and then if he lands with the Islanders, for the two reasons that you both just brought up, like you've got center depth that you have to resign. Is this a contending team? You know, I do. So I will say, I look at that defense and I wonder if Kadri sees some similarities there. I'm not saying they're as good as the Avs defense, but they have yeah, two yeah. two pieces in Polak and Pelik locked up long term. And then Dobson and Romanov is the younger guys to come in and, and be those effective type of players. Obviously, Dobson has been aces for them and Romanov, they just acquired this offseason. So we'll have to see exactly how that plays out. But I, I just don't know. It's it's super weird to me this this situation where Kadri has allegedly agreed to wait until they move money out because at this point does it even matter like now it sounds like everyone knows it looks like it's going to be the Isles so why would anyone give the Isles any decent deals? Right. When my thing too is again, and I know cap friendly is always a little you have you have to you know fudge the numbers a bit this time of year because there's a lot of moving parts, but like. They can they could sign him to a seven million dollar deal yeah. right now. Wouldn't matter. Yeah. And and they're completely cap compliant. All that stuff. So like if, if, for me, if I'm the Islanders, I'm saying they're cool, sign him. And then if we get into the season and we, you know, we're tighter to the cap than we want to be, then we can move someone. Like there's no there's no point in waiting, Lou. <laughs> 
dirty Other than bastard. to just be salty about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I want to make sure we, and I, and I know you will, I want to make sure we circle back to this, but I want to keep talking about Kadri for right now. Um, you know, the yeah, I was being potentially left with no options. We'll but, get so there, I want to yeah. get back to that. Um, but yeah, th- this will be, if, if, if it's the Islanders, it's an interesting, it's, it's going to be really interesting to see how it plays out because they can give him the money. Was last year the anomaly? Was the the back-to-back runs to um, the Eastern Conference Final in what just so happened to be the two COVID-shortened seasons and the bubble and all that? Was that the anomaly? Uh, like, who is this Islander team? And Megan, I think, I, 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 I'm glad that you said that. This feels a little bit, tell me if you guys disagree, actually. Does this feel a little bit like an identity crisis not panic move, but we have to do something. We can't run it back for a team that just missed the playoffs. We have to do something. Does that feel kind of what this is for the Islanders or good player? You have the money to spend. I don't feel like they had planned on this off free agency long and it's a little opportunistic, but I also think it's being motivated a bit out of desperation because we don't have an indication that they had planned to make other moves that didn't pan out. And it seemed curious that they didn't really have their hands on a lot of other things that I'm aware of. So I don't know that they had planned on it, um, but it does feel like they feel as though they have to do something and that much is out of desperation. I look at their forward core and their goaltending situation. And this is where I feel like they're a little desperate. Their captain, Anders Lee is 32. Brock Nelson's 30. Josh Bailey, 32. JGP's 29, Casey Sezikis is 31. They have a bunch of dudes hitting the end of their primes or are already beyond it. And yes, they made some conference finals, but really they have nothing to show for it, right? And while their defense does look solid, has some young pieces coming in, has some guys just getting into their primes, if they don't go out and do it right now, that forward core is going to need a retool. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I guess that's kind of my part. Does does Kadri change that? I can't say that it does, and we've talked about you don't right. really solve that in free agency, but right. What's the core? Yeah. And like, <laughs> so here, here is the other thing where, where, where again, like, it's just it's it's hard to not draw some attention to again i'm not trying to like turn me hating lulay morello like into my brand but i just like the more i look at it here they've made if they sign nazem kadri they they signed some i think it's their uh it was one of their draft picks this year 18 year old kid been playing in europe uh this will be their first free agent signing of the summer they've done nothing so Megan says, I feel like we haven't heard of them in on much. You are 100% correct. They haven't been in on a single thing. And and, and then to Rudo's yeah. point earlier, like the roster's a little tight. I, I just you're, you're shoehorning in guys at this point um, to 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 make it work. Uh, yeah, so they're only the only contract that they have signed this year is they signed their second round pick to an ELC. 
Yeah. Odlius. Now, to be fair, they did most of their in-house stuff before that. Sure. They took care of their own guys, you know, ranging from Clutterbuck to Parise. But I guess Polak was their biggest deal in season. Um, Mm. But it's it's hard to find a balance, right? Because we've spent a lot of the show saying, hey, look, don't go all in on free agency. But it's it feels just as bad to do actually nothing in free agency. Well, so, look, man, I was just talking to my, my sweet, sweet mother the other day about the abs. Because she was talking no about one, that they went some... No one is ever about to say something good after they call them a sweet, sweet whatever. No, no, no. <laughs> my mother is just like the sweetest person ever. Um, well, no, and, and we, she was talking about like, oh, this has been, it's been so fun with like, you know, them having won the cup. Like you haven't been able, you haven't had to worry about anything. And, you know, she wears her cup champs gear all over the place. Just got her and my dad, the R cup champ shirts and all that stuff. Like they've just been loving it. And I was talking about, I was like, yeah. And I said, from our standpoint at work, I was like, you have no idea how nice it's been to just kind of be able to enjoy the summer and not have to worry about the, well, how do you get better? How do you get closer? How do you improve? And we haven't had to do it this summer, but Every other team, all 31 other teams, and, you know, we've spent how many summers doing this for the Avs? You talk about, okay, well, you missed. How do you make up the difference? Yep. And and that's what free agency is about, is how do you make up the di- – or the offseason, really. How do you make up the difference between what where you fell short last year and where you're trying to get next year? I know everyone says their goal is to win the Cup every year. It's not. If you ask some NHL front offices – that are realistic with their goals it's to improve. Make the Go ahead. At most, maybe 10 teams that think that's a realistic goal. Right, right. Do Does every team go into the season thinking, wow, is there any chance we catch the Vegas from the first year lightning in a bottle and have everything go right and go on a run? Yeah, that thought crosses every front office's mind. But to your point, you're probably talking about a half dozen to 10 teams who think we really have a shot this year. And, and that's what you're supposed to use free agency and trades and, and things like that for is how do, we, how do we make up the difference? How do we fill in the gap here? And if you're the Islanders, I just don't know what that gap is. You missed the playoffs by 20 points. It's something. You got to do something. And what's crazy is they may end up doing the two things that we've said. Well, in free agency, you can't do this. You can't do nothing and you can't overpay and handicap yourself long-term. And they may end up doing both do nothing until the last second and then hand out a contract. They maybe shouldn't. And just as a little bit more context here, we do have to move on, but it's not like the Islanders were completely out on everything. We know they were close to the end of the Johnny Gaudreau deal too. obviously ended up coming up short on that one. So it seems like they wanted to make a splash and then everything disappeared. And now Nazem Kadri is the only thing left that you can really make a splash with. Yeah. So not a bad splash. It's a good splash. Um, I I feel bad for what I'm about to say. Cause I like Nazem Kadri a lot. I'm about Uh, to say a much worse joke than whatever you're going to say. So, Oh no, I was just going to say, you know, like, 
We like, like, I like Nazem Kadri a lot. He was fantastic for the Avs. Um, he had a great season, great playoff run, but like, but going into this past season, I don't know if a ton of teams were sitting there licking their chops saying Nazem Kadri, um, you know, as, as our big splash. I think he was kind of being looked at as a nice piece. Um, and, and so I just want to, you know, I do think that's a little bit of what's playing into it too, is teams I don't think had their opinions of who Nazem Kadri is swayed too much this season. I think because people recognize how the Avs top six complements his game and how that can't necessarily be replicated just by plugging him in a different lineup elsewhere. I think it's not an insult to either party. Like Kadri's skills were complemented here because he is a talented player, but it's also hard to replicate that elsewhere if you don't have the Avs top six. Yeah. yeah. And, and not even just the top six, the system, the coaching, you know, all the, 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 the buy-in, this, you know, all of that stuff. Rudo, I think you used the example last week of look at Tyson Berry. Yep. You know, Tyson Berry was, had he hit free agency when he like coming off of his tenure with the abs, woo, that would have been paid. paid as fuck, but he went somewhere else where the fit just didn't make as much sense. And now, you know, he's kind of settled into who he is. Um, I, I think teams are being wary of that. Yeah. I look, I love my wife. I want to make that very clear. Wouldn't trade her for anyone in the world. Where are we going? With the free us? agency is kind of like the dating pool. All right. Eventually someone's going to get the big fish and, and that's great for them. And then you slowly work your way down and eventually two parties settle for each other somewhere in the middle. I really don't like this analogy. <laughs> it's so is it's because so she's not right behind her. That's why he's saying this. <laughs> usually he's right. She's right there. You but for, right. for the record, my wife settled for me way more than I settled for her. She's the one who's batting down on this one. The so. comments yeah. are all going, Nathan, don't go there. <laughs> no, I, I saw it fully. I like Rudo, where this Rudo, is going. Oh, so we got Rudo minds himself from, here. He's like, God. sometimes yep. you got to find some stuff and meet in the middle. He, yeah, I'm with Bruno. I'm I'm batting, or I'm I'm hitting way out of my weight class. So I'm exactly. with you. Like, exactly. You gotta find and corner the market a bit. God, it's just me. That's I'm all I'm all that's left. <laughs> there you go. Sometimes you're the only option. <laughs> uh, okay. Anyway, we do we do got to move forward here. We are brought to you by Foco. You can go to foco.com. That's f-o-c-o.com right now to get tons of merchandise. Uh, if you want bobbleheads to go along with the the cup gift we got, Foco's got a ton of different bobbleheads, especially from the Avs champ team. They all look amazing. Highly recommend you go check those out. But they have them for all Colorado sports as well, not just the big four, but they have buff stuff. Um, they have, I think, mammoth stuff too, rapids for sure. So go over there. Just search through all their stuff. You'll find something you like, even if it's Crocs. What are those? You know, they got options for you. <laughs> Actually, you, you mentioned the Crocs every week. I haven't gone back to Foco's site since I ordered all my stuff. So I mentioned them because my wife just got a pair of Crocs for the house. She needed a, like, she is a keeper. backyard shoes. Uh, so she has Crocs. That's how it now. starts. Yep. That ha- that's how it starts. Then suddenly you're at the mall in them. <laughs> Can't take them off. And then suddenly you're at Elway's in them. No, I'm just kidding. 
Would they even let you in the Velways if you rolled up in Crocs? I don't think I don't think they would turn you away. Like if you had on, like if you looked, because that's this is where I this is how I get away with it. I'll wear like a nice looking outfit. Boom, Crocs. It's like, what are you gonna say? I'm wearing all this other stuff that looks looks just fine. <laughs> so you can get away with Crocs is Jesse's take. Guaranteed. Uh, either way, go check out Foco. They've got all sorts of sports merch, and then. Well, Allie. Is it a coincidence that we've got the inappropriate bots oh, in the, the comments bots are back, baby. after <laughs> talking about Crocs? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it's a it's coincidence. No coincidence. The porn bots settled for Crocs. Confirmed. Uh, we're also brought to you by Avaca TV. You can go over to Avaca.tv. That's E-V-O-C-A dot TV to get yourself hooked up with TV here in the Denver metro area right now that has Altitude, has AT&T Sportsnet, and has the national channels. That's all of your Colorado sports. I don't know how to sell it better to you than that. And us. Yeah, they also have the DNVR channel where we go live on, you know, right on your TV. So the ads game ends, you flip it over to the DNVR channel, you get our post game. Very, very easy to watch everything you love in the sports world of Colorado. One channel, I believe, right? Yeah, it's just like, yeah, it's right there. So not hard to find us. So go jump on it. Go check out Avaca TV. Just 15 bucks a month for the first three months with code DNVR, the mullet of shoes. I love it. That's the perfect, perfect <laughs> explanation of Crocs. Uh, the DNVR card gets you 15 bucks a month for the first three months. It's only 25 bucks a month after that. It's just a box that goes right into your TV. So super easy, super cheap. Go jump on it. Third period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. The conversation we all want to have where do the Avs stand? What options are left in free agency for them? How do they solve the 2C position? As we start to at least a little bit more con- confidently say, it looks like it's probably not going to be Kadri. Yeah. The free agency market doesn't have a ton to say. You know, Technically, Bergeron's still out there, but he's going to play in Boston or not at all, probably. Uh, yeah. Beyond that, your centers are pretty much at, at least centers capable of playing a legitimate middle six role are pretty much just Stasny and Evan Rodriguez. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm officially at the point. Oh my God. I'm just realizing something. My mic hasn't been on this whole time. It's just been the MacBook been mic. Sick. The wrong mic. Yeah. yeah. It's like what AJ was doing the other day, slurping <laughs> in everybody's ear. Um, how's that does that sound a little bit nicer sounds Uh, the same (laughs) well great uh i'm officially at the point with the abs where don't don't mess with this center market like didn't shake out in a way that that helped you at all um, you're, you're not going to find someone there that is any type of permanent solution, um, even in my opinion, over the course of the season. Uh, so for me, like if you want, uh, go out and get like a guy like Sonny Milano who can kind of flex uh, in that spot. Otherwise, I'm officially in the camp of go hit the trade market and find a guy again. My my guy is Jesse Puliyarvi. Bring in Puliyarvi, slide Miko to the middle, and just see what you have to start the season. Your roster doesn't have to be set by training camp. 
see what you've got. Tandem that two uh, or platoon that two C a bit between Miko, Comfort, and New Hook. Just try some different looks, try some different options, and trust your system and 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 your depth that you've got an internal option. You don't need to go do something on the market. I am not one. I'm normally the one arguing with you guys about don't worry about blocking people in the lineup. Like to me, you go and you get Paul Stasny. It's like, okay, now you have this really weird kind of option with Paul Stasny. Of, he didn't really have the speed to play the way this team wanted to play seven years ago, eight years ago. Uh, you know, he definitely doesn't have the speed to play with him now. So, okay, can you confidently drop him into your top six? All right, well, if that doesn't work, then where do you slide him? Do you put him down with, do, do you move new hook to the wing? And now you're fully punting on new hook, you know, ever moving up into the middle just to accommodate Paul Stasny. To me, it's, if it's not going to be Kadri, go out, get a wing that you feel is a, is a, uh, a middle six guy uh, that, that you think has some upside, maybe another little, re- not necessarily reclamation product, but Hey, can we get a little bit more out of him? And if you can't, then you can't, you move on, you make a trade, uh, you, you, you know, you make adjustments. This, this team has the depth and you're coming off a championship. You get a couple months here uh, to figure out what you're doing. Don't, don't go make a move just for the sake of making a move. So on the Stasny thing specifically, there have been some bits and bits and pieces out there that it sounds like the abs have had talks with him. Um, don't know exactly the, what those conversations are or, or what, what the deal is there, but there've been some radio stations and stuff that have reported that there's something going on there. Uh, with, with, Stasny, with, uh, with Stasny, with Stasny. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I got a text that I was having. No, you're good. Uh, <laughs> With that being said, I looked into his numbers, and while I agree with you, Jesse, the guy just does not have the speed to play the way we are used to watching the Avs play. The one thing that I think is really his selling point is last year he was top five in possession metrics for Winnipeg, so he is capable of playing a possession hockey game. Mm-hmm. And two, his defensive his defensive metrics as he's continued to age have been very very solid. So it can provide you a quality defensive end of the ice at the very least if you get into a situation where maybe you need to bump him down to 3C or something like that. Yeah. I think where I'm at with it too is if they make any addition, whether it is a center or another wing, it has to be really economic because what you're getting is not going to be a one-for-one replacement for Kadri, and we all accept and acknowledge that to be true. So whatever they get as... A supplement to this lineup it just needs to be economic because i do not want to see them just like right now there's a log jam at thir- three and four c of options and depth that they could fill in that role and so i kind of like the platoon idea of maybe promoting and elevating guys to, to option for that in the meantime um i don't dislike stasny here the pace concerns me a little bit but if he were to come on something short term and economic i could definitely be convinced of that but that is why the appeal of someone like Milano on wing, I think he's really creative. Both Rodriguez and Milano are such versatile wingers that it could be a nice option. But at the end of the day, it's the cost that concerns me most because of what their their role is going to be. Yeah, I, I mean, look, how how concerned were all of us 
anytime it's like, oh, they're looking to trade X guy to make sure they can make room for Kadri. And it's like, that does that's not the economic approach they've right. taken to this point, right? They haven't shelled out the big bucks for a free agent target like that, really. So I do think your, your thinking is definitely in line with what we've seen from the Avs over the past handful of years. Well, and that's and that's been my thing, and I'm, I'm glad you guys brought that up. Sorry, Rudo, I don't mean to fully no, cut go. you off there. You know, is it, when we've heard all this, oh well, they could trade Gerard to make it fit. They could trade. It's like why tear down the team for? And again, this, I, I don't mean this as like any disrespect towards Kadri. He, he was irreplaceable on that playoff run. Irreplaceable for them. He was huge. He, he was a huge piece for the Avalanche, no doubt. But like I just sit here and, and you know I look at some of the guys that their people have floated out there. Oh, we'll trade this guy. Oh, we'll trade that guy. And for me, again, especially a guy like Gerard, that's a unique skill set at a position that is hard to find. Why are you going to tear down other parts of your team to fill a position that honestly, I, I just really do think that with what you have in your system already in place, uh, in addition to, to your point, making a couple cost controlled options that are out there, I just have never seen a point into tearing any other part of this team down to, to fill that spot. Cause if we're being fully honest with ourselves, even if you bring Nazem Kadri back, that's probably still not a one for one replacement for what Nazem Kadri did for you last year. Great point. It, it's, there's a great chance that there's a, a far better chance that he never replicates that again than he does. And, and I just, I, I think whatever you do, you need to find something that's, middle six that you see top six upside that is a, a a financially sound decision so that you maintain some flexibility here over these next couple of years and then you know what if the cap starts going up great uh you're 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 in a great spot because you made some smart decisions just there's no need to do anything silly and two things here that I think support the Avs potentially not doing anything. One, we know they're comfortable with Miko at 2C if that's something they want to do. And we can get into them potentially signing a Rodriguez, a Milano as a winger and not a center if that's what they're looking to do. And two, I have heard that there are people in the Avalanche organization that really, really do still believe in Alex Newhook a lot. Oh, yeah. Yep. So... I, I, I know the way the playoffs went. He didn't get a ton of time, but I think that organization still views him as a 2C. Well, and, and this is why I wanted to make this point last last week. Like, that was so much of the conversation on Twitter. And we even had the conversation, right? Of like, well, based on the way that they're deploying him, do they really see him as having 2C upside? I had to remind myself at multiple times in the playoffs, this is a rookie. This is a first-year player. I am not expecting him to make that jump immediately from playing his first full NHL season, playing 82 games for the first time ever straight to bona fide to see. Now I, I, again, this is another thing to me that supports just at this point, cut your losses and move on from Kadri. If you really believe in that, then get someone who can be that bridge, bridge, uh, bridge player. Maybe it's Miko. Maybe it is Stasny on a one-year deal. But that's why I like the idea of, of a Milano, of a, of a, a Pugliarvi. Just one of these guys that are out there. The one that I really love is Jesper Bratt, but uh, I don't think that's actually going to happen. That would be uh, <laughs> yeah. 
but you know, go get something like this. And that way you give new hook the opportunity to grow into that role. And maybe by the end of this season, they are giving that more responsibility and then going into 2023, 2024, which is one season away. Cool. We have Alex Newhook set and forget. We know what we're doing. Thank goodness we didn't roadblock that a year ago. I, I, I'm, I'm with you, Rudo, and I've heard the same thing. They internally, they still really like him. Um, and, and I just think that we maybe got a little too caught up in his usage in the playoffs and, and could forget that, hey, maybe there's a reason they're not deploying him quite like that now in the Western Conference Final. He's a 20, 21-year-old kid still getting his feet wet in the NHL. Yeah. Uh, the one other thing I wanted to talk about here, with a with a staying internal here, you can solve that position down the line. Jesse, you brought up a trade. I don't even think it needs to be an immediate one. I think the Avs, as constructed right now, are a playoff team. And if you feel like that's an issue, you can solve that at the trade deadline. Just a really quick rundown of expiring contract centers this season. Jonathan Taves, Ryan O'Reilly, Sean Monahan, Jordan Stahl, Bo Horvat. Eric Howell is not really a center, but there's a number of dudes that could potentially be big target trade deadline deals. Also, if the Avs have established they're willing to move their 2023 first, because they're likely not going to be in that big lottery, there's going to so, be some options. Yeah. And that was, that was exactly where I was going to go. And, and again, like you now look back to last trade deadline where they went out of their way to hold on to that 2023 first, they gave up, uh, you know, Justin Barron, I don't, I don't know if the 2023 first moves a needle on that at all, but you know, they maybe gave up a little bit more than they wanted to in, in terms of real prospects, but they held onto a chip that Rudo, like you pointed out at the very beginning of the show, they knew was going to be valuable. They knew it was going to have a, you know, a, a ton of interest come, come this season. And I agree with you hundred percent. Like I said, your roster doesn't have to be set before training camp. If you want to just kind of slow play into this and get into camp and see what you got and see what players are taking, what steps, um, you know, how does Maltsev look? How does Ben Myers look? How does Lucas Sedlak look? Again, I'm not suggesting that any of those guys are, you know, top six replacements, but just more of you don't need to make this decision right now. And then the one other thing I, I am going to keep throwing out there because I, I, I know people in our chat don't love it, but the abs are very, very interested in Patrick Kane. Uh, and, and it did get out this week that the Blackhawks kind of, I don't know if they made it known or what, but that they fielded uh, quite a few calls on Patrick Kane this week. Uh, I just, I don't think the abs are solely focused on, we need a second line center. I agree with, with both of the points you guys have made on, on this where they've got, they know they have options and, and they've shown we are perfectly fine being patient and waiting to see what our options do for us. Uh, there's, there's no reason to rush anything. It feels like an episode of seventh heaven where at the end of the episode, the central theme of the programming comes to light and it's that you don't need to build your team in free agency and that you're just looking for specific, like you are, by position looking for specific needs that need to be filled and the abs have options that they don't need to make any desperation panic moves it would be exactly what we've said teams shouldn't do wow i love that 
an episode of Seventh Heaven where they talk about smoking pot and got couch locked for all of free agency to me. But (laughs) (laughs) that was, I hadn't ever seen that Seventh Heaven clip until this last year, some point this last year. I was dying. Oh my God. So funny. So good. Okay, uh, we do have a couple of super chats to get to here as, as we wind down, but yeah. Well, no, I was just gonna say I I I laughed at that analogy originally, but you were right. Like everything we just kind of led up to was there is a way to go about free agency, and I really do feel like teams are starting to starting to figure out, and it makes it a little bit more boring for us, but it's ultimately more and more what most would consider to be the the right decision or the safer bet. Yeah, one hundred percent. I. It's surprising to see so many GMs not do the stupid thing. Right. Uh, okay, we can hit the super chats. Yep. Sorry. $5 from Cody saying, assuming Kadri's gone, Stasny, Rodriguez, Milano always get brought up. Is there anyone else worth keeping an eye on? I saw chat. As far as center is concerned, no. If the Avs are looking towards wingers, potentially, look, the hot dog man's name gets thrown around a lot. Yeah. He did score 50 points last year. I, I doubt it happens, but you know. So so again, though, like that, that is another perfect, honestly, a perfect example. And people are going to roll their eyes and get all annoyed when I say this. But of like a guy that if the abs went out and were like, hey, cool, we just gave Phil Kessel one and a half, two million dollars for a year. Like I would, I would love that just because it's, it's such a low risk. And that's a guy that you can bury in your lineup if you need to and make another deal later, whatever. And worst case, like, cool, we'll start the beginning of the season and see if we just stick him on the wall next to Miko Rantanen, how many pucks can Miko Rantanen feed him that he can finish? Like, who cares? Like, just doesn't matter. You, you can try something. Yeah. I'm not I, openly I, advocating for that, but I'm just saying if they did it. Look, I mean, there's a world where if he's the only dude left, like... Yeah, I, I think we already covered Stasny and Milano and Rodriguez well enough. So uh, I really will. In terms of anything else worth keeping trade on or keeping an eye on, I, I would say look at some of that that trade market. Yep. Um, I keep bringing up Puliyarvi because of the way that Edmonton worked this contract. They avoided arbitration. Had it gone to arbitration, you can't trade him for a year. Had he take his had he taken his QO, you can't t- you can't trade him for X amount of months. They avoided all of that. They got him a one-year deal on a on a um, an AAV that is palatable to a lot of teams. That to me was a we're we're setting ourselves up to be able to trade this guy. And if you look around the league, there's a couple couple teams that are doing things like that. Um, so that's where to kind of keep your eye out is on that secondary trade market for guys that are looking to be moved. You talk about reclamation projects and Pulley RV, I think would be such a stylistic fit in Colorado. And if you haven't read the Val article that's out there right now, it is filled with so much great information about his perception of the abs coaching staff and his teammates. It's really a good worthwhile read on the subject of reclamation projects. I'd love to see Pulley RV in Colorado. Well, and, and then again, Pulley RV, he's Finnish. He knows Miko Rantanen. He knows Arturi Lekkanen. Uh, you know, he, he played in the Liga. I want to say he even played for Turco uh, or Turku, whatever. Um, so there, there's just, and like you said, he, he's, a, he's a good stylistic fit. Um, he, he's a good defensive forward that's that's got some finish that hasn't quite come around yet. And on a one-year deal, if you were to trade for that contract, 
I think that's a great bet, um, you know, to, to, to make. So that's where, if you're looking anywhere else, keep an eye on some of these smaller little moves that are going on around the league of teams that are knowing they're going to have to be moving on from guys. Played for Carpat, for the record. Okay, all right. In the um, league, though, right? In the league, yeah. Um, okay, two dollars from Miss Truly saying I'm on board with Jesse Boo Lou here for the take. Him, him and Poyle. Let's move it on. Old white guys are done. Futures <laughs> now. Uh, and then five dollars from Will, who says I know it's not a fit, but can someone from the Stasny family win a cup with this organization? We're over five since Quebec. Uh, maybe. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess it's pretty far removed at this point. I was like, hey, he made his choice. Yeah, Paul never really got close. Mm-hmm. I I couldn't tell you about Peter and, and Jan, to be honest. I don't know. I know Quebec was really bad for a little bit there, though. Yeah. Um, Kind of a side note. Well, total side note. Uh, we were in the car the other day, and Since You've Been Gone by Kelly Clarkson came on. Banger. Banger. Every time. Uh, but I was just like listening to the lyrics, and I was like, wow, someone way meaner than me could make a hilarious Colorado Avalanche Matthew Shane music video to Since You've Been Gone. The lyrics <laughs> just line up like <laughs> weirdly perfect for that. And I was just laughing my little heart out the whole way down the road. You've heard of Imagine Avs. Yeah, yeah. video Calgary made in the playoffs. I feel like I... it kind of cursed the team. <laughs> and I just don't no. think we should dabble with music videos and teams anymore. <laughs> <laughs> like name dropped Kachuk and Goudreau in this song, this hype uh. playoff this music video. And I just don't, you know what? I just don't think we should touch it. Did Toronto curse themselves immediately with the hit them with the four Austin Matthews song? Yeah. (laughs) So forget free agency. What we've learned today is hockey teams shouldn't make songs. Yeah. That, that imagine abs thing. What, what this fan base had to go through for the next like nine years after that was penance. Like hockey. Jesus was like, you don't just get to do that and get away with it. (laughs) You can't just put that on Twitter and not face any repercussions. 48 points. Okay. All right. Besides not making music videos, any final thoughts on the day? Nope. I think that sums it up. Yeah, okay. I was going to say, I don't, I don't know what else there is to say about, you know, other than that. All right. I don't think there's any DNVR music videos in the works as far as I know. So I think we're safe. I, I thought Allie had a single coming out. <laughs> Keeping it on Happy the DL. Birthday. Yeah. Happy birthday. Yep. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> on the same page. Yeah, it's, a, it's a trap version of Happy Birthday. Uh, <laughs> it's just a bunch good. of images of Allie doing tequila shots. That's the Thanks, whole Thanks, Ron. I think I figured out who Ron Weasley is, by the way. I was going to say real quick, there's probably video footage of just that we could already use of me getting everyone yeah. to take that's what i'm saying oh, good to go um Thanks, all right Ron. two dollars from Ron there yeah yeah uh we appreciate all y'all we're gonna get out of here for the day we'll be back tomorrow you know maybe a hockey team will do something again maybe not who's Probably to say not. 
either way, we'll be live with you talking about abs hockey and the entire NHL. Maybe more than that, even, you know, juniors is not that far away at this point. Let's go. Some hockey going on, at least. (laughs) We will see you on the next one. 